It's Monday night. It's July 25th, 2022. It's the 297th episode of the Tan and J-Man Show. Same old, same old Tanner Lee here with my co-host, Josh the J-Man. What's going on, J-Man? What's up, dude? Another Monday, another week, another week of sports talk. <laughs> this is a little cooler this week than it has been the previous couple uh, weeks. That's true. That's true, but uh, inching closer to football I'm season. Sweating up here. Inching That's right. To Only um, yeah, training camps start this week. Some do yep. anyway. I assume all of them do. Yep. Um, what did I see yesterday? It was seven weeks until the NFL season kicks off. I believe. Yep. Big Ten media days mm. are this week. That's when you kind of know uh, fall camps are getting close. I know. Uh, I mean, college football. I know week zero starts less than this amount of days but week uh week one's five weeks from thursday this thursday man can't so wait we are getting close getting close i know Can week zero week wait. zero this year consists of uh northwestern and nebraska over in ireland so that'll be four weeks from this weekend i guess i think illinois plays week zero as well against wyoming i think you're right Thank you, right? I know Purdue sure. plays Thursday night against Penn State. Indiana plays Friday night. Don't remember who they play off the top of my head. Somebody in the Big Ten. And then Notre Dame is uh, Indiana. Indiana? I think Indiana plays Illinois, actually. Oh, do they? Okay, on their yeah. opener? Week, week, yeah, week one. And then yeah. uh, Notre Dame plays at Ohio State on primetime Saturday night. So, yeah. It's going to be a bloodbath. You would think, One of the rare uh, times I root for Ohio State. Yeah, I'm right, right in the same boat with you. So, but uh, do you have some birdie or bogey? A big one I this do. week. Big one I this do. week because you are up um, four over par to five over par. You if know I what? Get... I, I I lobbed you a softball here too. Um, you should you should get it right, and it's sticking with the theme of college football. So it's a college football question. You might have even seen this. Literally, could not find a better trivia question. Um, as Tanner's video is gone, and I don't know, and he is completely disconnected. So, uh, you know what? I will hold off on the uh, trivia question until Tanner gets back on here. I don't know what's going on with him. Um, but uh, not a whole lot going on in the sports world this past week. We had uh, the MLB All-Star Game. That was pretty much it. Um, not a whole lot happened in the NBA as far as um, free agency goes or trades go. Um, it was the home run derby, the all-star game trade deadline talks heating up. Um, but other than that, it was one of the worst. It is always the worst sports week. It's one of the, it is the only sports week of the year where there are no major sports going on. Um, and so, um, yeah, as I said, all-star game home run derby, it was kind of, was kind of a rough watch, uh, the home run derby, seeing Albert Pujol somehow make it to the semifinal round. However, Julio Rodriguez, 21-year-old phenom, put on an absolute show. He hit over 80 home runs. He hit 29, I think it was 29 more home runs than Juan Soto did, yet Juan Soto ended up winning uh, the home run derby. That's just kind of how it all shakes out. But uh, Julio put on a fantastic show. Um, I really like the way they do the home run derby. I think they changed it in 2015 is what I remember them changing it, where it's a three-minute time limit. You're going head-to-head against another um, player, uh, where it used to be you had 10 outs to hit as many homers as you could. Um, and So that it, it made it exciting, but I like this timed round a lot better um, because we see – upsets for one now it's it's not as fair for um a guy like julio rodriguez who hit tanner's back he's back sorry about that everybody <laughs> i gotta get a new computer one of these days uh, this happened to me on another one of my podcasts last week same yeah. exact thing so no warnings everything goes off yeah you yeah, the computer's six years old almost. yeah um, i need to get a new one i was just about to give you birdie bogey i was, I was talking about the home run derby though, i keep going I, with home run derby we'll switch okay. it up we'll do birdie or bogey after so okay um, did you watch much of the home run derby? Watched a little bit. I actually, <laughs> actually put me to sleep. I'm not making that up. Yeah. Um, it really did. The home run derby is fun to watch. And I, I like, I was just talking about the, uh, the way they do it now, which, uh, they changed it in 2015 doing the, the timed rounds where it's a head, head to head matchup. 
right uh, between players, which I, I really enjoy because it does make it more exciting because the 10 outs thing were it was kind of getting stale. Um, I mean, we saw Julio Rodriguez put on an absolute show his first two rounds. And then uh, because of it kind of resets uh, each round, um, he ends up losing, even though he hit 29 more homers than Juan Soto did or 30 more homers than Juan Soto did overall. Um, Juan Soto ended up winning. Um, good for him, 23 years old. I mean, seems like he's been around a decade and he's only 23 years old, turning down almost half a billion dollar contract. Uh, but he ends up winning the home run derby. Uh, but it kind of put uh, Julio Rodriguez on the map a little bit, which is good because uh, Seattle hasn't had a superstar really since Gary Payton. The last, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, since um, uh, Ichiro. Yeah, I completely forgot about Ichiro. Yeah, or, I said uh, or, um, um, King Felix for a little bit. Yeah, he he was a big name. Uh, kind of fizzled out there at the end of his yeah. Mariners career, but yeah, he he was a big name. They haven't had a position player since probably A Rod, um, Griffey, ob- Griffey obviously. How, but wait, he, how about he Cano? Left. He, I mean, he was a big acquisition, but his Didn't first year is when he got popped for PEDs, I believe, That's wasn't true. it? Yeah, I believe you're right. Um, and he was on the downside of his career as well. So big name-wise, he was a big name going there, but he didn't really pan out. I'm trying to think of some other guys. They haven't really had many free agent acquisitions that kind of blow your mind, nor trades. Um, they are playing good baseball right now, and I'm sure there'll be a buyers at the deadline here next Wednesday is the um, trade deadline. But um, I, I was glad I predicted the home run derby champion, though. Yeah, yeah, you, you got it right. My guy uh, Kyle Schwarber must have uh, felt bad for pool holes. Or, the fix uh, they, was on. The fix they was told on. Him. You, you know, I Paul Blackburn, who was a, an all-star for the Oakland A's this year, he faced Albert Pujols late in that game, and the only thing the catcher was, was calling was uh, fastballs right down the middle. So obviously there was some sort of thing MLB wanted them to do. I And, and it might not have been MLB that – called it and maybe just the players kind of got together. You know, Pujols last all-star game. He's a legend, all that. Want to see him uh, hit the ball out of the ballpark, which he doesn't do that much anymore uh, to begin with. And he, he honestly wasn't even that good in the home run derby. And Schwarber got screwed because he actually hit 20. Uh, but uh, but Major League Baseball, for whatever reason, missed one. Um, and it should have been tied, and I think Schwarber wouldn't end up beating him. But uh, Now uh... – Correct me if I'm mistaken, but didn't that happen to him a few years ago when he was in the home run derby? Didn't so, he have one, or they called it foul and it was fair or something like that? So when when he was a Cub, he should have won the home run derby because back then it was two. I think it was 2018. Um, it might have been 2019. He put on an absolute show, and you used to have to wait until the ball landed before right. you got your next pitch. And so Harp and so Schwarber puts on this show. It's the final round. Going up against Harper, of course, Harper's the hometown guy there in Washington. Um, and Harper, it must have been 2018 then. And Harper's pitcher, I don't even know who was pitching to him. might have been his dad. Um, kept pitching and pitching and pitching. Didn't matter if the ball was landed yet or not. So um, Schwarber followed the rules. Harper's guy did not. And Schwarber would have ended up winning had Harper followed the rules. So that was kind of controversial. Not that. Home run derby really means that much, but uh, you 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 know who's made it their entire personality is Pete Alonzo. He's he's in the, all all the other guys are like on the field having fun. Pete's in there doing yoga and lifting in between. Like he is such a weird guy, and I cannot stand him. There's something about Pete Alonzo I just cannot stand. He 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 acted like the home run derby was his World Series, and I know he'd won two in a row or whatever it was three. I don't it, I don't think it was three in a row, two in a row. Uh, but he, there's just something about him that I, just rubs people the wrong way, including me. Yeah. No, I was uh, not heartbroken to see him go home. No, I don't like him. I don't like the Mets to begin with. So me neither. Um, let's see here. Let's I, did go. See, I see the all-star game is going to be in Seattle next year. Seattle had it in 2001. I think it was Cal Ripken's last one because uh, Ripken was voted in as a third baseman i believe and um a rod was the shortstop and a rod went over to he ran out to the field and took third and yep. let ripkin have short ripkin hit a homer and, and he hit homer. yeah yep. he hit homer. 
I remember that one. Yeah. Um, yeah, they've had it here within the last 20 years. Uh, Wrigley Field's trying to get it really bad, which I hope they do because I really want to go to the Home Run Derby someday. They've had it before, right? Um, 1990 or 91, okay. I believe. Uh, so that would that would be fun, uh, which I, I don't know. I mean, they've built up around the ballpark quite a bit where it'd help out to maybe get a get an event like that. But for whatever reason, they just don't get it. I don't, I don't understand. Maybe it's because the Major League Baseball hates the Ricketts family as much as I do. That's impossible. I was going to say that's probably impossible. But, um, Did you watch any of the All-Star game? I watched about five innings. I didn't watch a single at-bat. Of the, uh, of the All-Star game. The NL got up out to a 3 nothing lead in the first. Paul Goldschmidt did a two-run homer. Then... Um, who was in the American League that hit one? Was it? I think it was Stanton, wasn't oh, it? Oh, yeah, that was an absolute bomb. Yeah, at about 9,000 feet. Um, yeah. But other than that, there was no offense at all. The final score ended up being 4-3 to three well, or something like that. Why is it that the AL just dominates this game? I don't know. Um, I, they, I mean, it's been that way pretty much our whole lives. Our entire lives, but the NL dominated in like the 70s and 80s. Right. Um, but yet uh, the AL had that long stretch where it felt like the NL just couldn't win at all. Then the NL wins one, and now it's the AL over again, I I don't I don't get it. I don't know if the star power in the American League is just that much better. It doesn't seem like it is anymore. It seems like it's evened out. Um, it's just it's it's more of a random thing than anything. And I'm very glad that they no longer have to um, win in order to get home field advantage. That was that was the dumbest thing ever. That was the absolute dumbest thing ever. And if I was if I was the uh, manager of one of the clubs, I would have put like my worst all-stars in to start it and let my <laughs> let best, my best one ones it. finish it. Yeah. yeah. Don't want, uh, don't want old Garrett Cooper out there. The Marlins uh, trying to win a, uh, trying to get home field advantage in the, um, in the world series. That was dumb. Although one of the last years they did it, it helped the Cubs out because the Cubs were able to get the DH four times instead of three. Um, so that meant Schwarber got play, but uh, you know I'm not a huge fan of the All Star Game, but it's by far the best All Star Game easily. of the four yeah. major professional sports. Yeah, you you can't fake baseball, or you no. can fake football, you can fake basketball. Well, and those guys don't want to get hurt. I mean, they they're more likely yeah. to get hurt probably than than the baseball yeah, guys in the All Star Game. Plus, I mean, these pitchers are going out there. They get to throw one inning, so they're going to let it all loose. Guys that usually sit like 93, 94, hit 98, and 99. They don't have to, uh, don't have to, uh, conserve their energy. So it, it makes it so much harder to hit, um, than it would in a normal game. But uh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't remember the last time I watched an entire all star game, though. The last one I might have been, might have been the one in Milwaukee when it was tied. Really? When the crowd see, of Shannon let watching. them play at Bud C League. <laughs> yeah, that was the early two thousands because that's Old when Bonds bud. was a big deal and yeah, Tory Hunter Hunter robbed Rocky Bonds right. of a homer. I remember and Bonds yep. picked him up, put him over his shoulder. Yep, uh, that was a good moment. But yes, uh, uh, you want to hear my birdie bogey now? Yes, it's it is the biggest birdie or bogey yes in Tanner J Man Show history because like I was saying before, my uh, camera and my audio and everything just went kaplat on me. Uh, You've got two in a row right. I got my one right last week. So that's three in a row for the show. Mm-hmm. You're up four over par to five over par. Let's see if I can keep this going. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of the easier ones. Oh, gosh. Kiss uh, of death. Kiss col- of College death. football. Okay. All right. Um, Kirby Smart signed a huge extension, $120 million or something with Georgia. Year, yep. Since Kirby Smart got to Georgia, there are only four teams – with more wins than Georgia. Who are those four? You have to get all four for a birdie. You have no opportunity for a par this week. Man, I got to think what year he um, got there. and Place Mark Rick before he went to your Hurricanes. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, so uh, Birdie Bogey is brought to you by Noble Gnome LLC for fresh, locally grown, nutrient-dense produce. And Brass and Katie Romine of Mintone, Indiana. Like them on Facebook, follow them on Instagram, and check out their website, noblenomellc.com. Get your veggie for your salads. Get your veggies. What do you put in your salad there, J-Man? Bacon. <laughs> Bacon and cheese and drown it in ranch. Are you croutons um, guy? 
Oh yeah, I like croutons. I like croutons. croutons. Croutons are pretty good. Um, what's your salad dressing salad has of to choice? Have lettuce. What's your what's your dressing of choice? Um, I mean, as I said, it's hard to go wrong with ranch, but that just seems like such a easy one what, to pick. What if um, what if for some reason the restaurant's out of ranch? I don't know why they would be, but they're out of ranch. What do you what are you going with? I'd do double steak instead of a salad for one. I'll put that on the record. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I I like a shout out to my father. He he likes a parmesan peppercorn, which is pretty good. I'm gonna give him that. Um I think he asked for it at every restaurant. Barely any of them have it. And he's really excited when one of them does. Um, honey mustard's good. I like honey mustard. Um, Not an Italian or a French guy or a vinaigrette. I, or a- I, I don't mind French or Italian. And, uh, honestly, I like most dressings besides blue cheese. I cannot are, stand blue cheese. I think it's are disgusting. You a Caesar salad guy? That that would be my salad of choice. Like I'm not okay. taking a house right. salad. I'm probably whenever I'm in an Italian restaurant and they give you an option, I usually go with the Caesar salad. All right. Um, or any any sort of restaurant I have. So that's that's probably my favorite dressing is the Caesar. All right, fair enough. Well, uh, so. but that 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 that's my plug this week. Go get your uh, veggies for your salads from mm. Noble Gnome LLC. Book it. <laughs> Wrong segment, but close enough. Yeah, I know. I doubled up on my book at uh, when was it two weeks ago? Yeah, yeah, because you had it. You, you forgot to you forgot to take Rory till the end of the show. Yeah, the book Rory. So, yeah. so then you, you had to keep that going, which yeah. gotta have to wait till next year to keep that going. Yeah. Um, do you want to stick with college football here, real quick? I have yeah, why not? Pulled up here. I can always yeah, I talk something. college football. Uh, Cleveland.com always puts together oh, a preseason yeah, football poll. Did you see it? Uh-huh. Um, so they, they usually, they, they always do it. I, I don't even know who the writers are that vote on it, but, uh, with 31 first place votes in the West, they have was cancer and win in that one. Can't argue um, that it's their division. No. They say otherwise, even though Iowa won it last year. Yep, which Iowa, according to them, is second. And then uh, Minnesota, which was a shock, was third. So they must have got about everyone back. Yeah, they lost um, their whole Purdue offensive was fourth, line. Nebraska that, that, that's that's why I they? can't figure out. And, yes, Tanner Morgan's is, back. Their running back's back, but he's he coming back? off an Achilles injury. That's sometimes tough to bounce yeah, back 100% yeah. at least early in the season. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I was surprised by that a lot. Um I don't know. We'll see. I but I can't say anything. My program can't seem to beat PJ Fleck in Minnesota, the team I root for. Something about the Flexter that uh, that gets people flustered for whatever. I mean, you know, Brahms got I don't remember Ferris's number, but not Flex number. So. That's weird. That's a weird mm-hmm. one. Well, Minnesota did win nine games last year, so maybe they're basing it off of that. Yeah. Um, Do you think they're but again? Yeah, I. Do you think the offseason distractions of some former Minnesota players coming out against Fleck and the staff, do you think that'll be a distraction at all for them this year? Uh, it's hard It's hard to say, yeah. obviously, um, yeah. right now. But I, it, it seems like Fleck could not care less about outside noise. Right. And it seems like he does a really good job of having his teams not hear it or care about it as well. So I'll give him the benefit of the doubt on that. But at the same time, it's it's one of those, I mean, us as fans either love him or you hate him. Um, and I assume that's the way it is with a lot of his players too. You either love him or you hate him because it seems like his shtick would get old real quick. And I would not like playing for a guy like that um, whatsoever. Um, right. But, I mean, he's he's doing pretty well, obviously. He's winning. He's winning. So. Uh, that's all that matters at this point. Um, but as I said uh, – Purdue fourth, uh, Nebraska fifth, Illinois sixth, and Northwestern seventh in the West. Well, that's by far the lowest I've seen Nebraska. Um, a lot of them have Nebraska second, third. It's crazy to me. Every year is the hype. It's the mm-hmm. hype in July of Nebraska. There's so. there is no coach on a hotter seat than um, Scott Frost in in the no. country. Would you say? I I, I can't imagine. A hotter seat. I mean, I guess you're probably right. It's definitely the hottest in the Big Ten. For going in the country, and I'm just spitballing off the top of my head, I got to think Dino Dino Babers is on the hot seat at Syracuse. I'm surprised yeah. he still has a job but there. I, I mean, know they don't really. School. They are. They are. But, um, man, uh, Steve Norvell, maybe, Florida State. 
Mike Norvell? Is that who that is? His name was, I thought it was Steve. That was Mike. Mike Norvell. Oh, it, it might be Steve. Google it. Once Steve again, J Man is correct. Uh, of course he is. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, his seat's pretty right. hot. You're probably right, though. It's probably uh, uh, Scotty at, Frost. At, at least as teams, as far as teams that always get the most hype, like no one's even talking about Dino Babers and Syracuse because they've sucked right. for so long. I know, um, but Nebraska always gets this hype every single year. And I think they're only seven games over 500 uh, since they joined the Big Ten in 2012 or 11, whenever that was. Well, I found um, an interesting tweet the other day about Nebraska, and I got to look it up now. It is. Oh, man, I got to find it. Here we go. It's a Reddit theory on Nebraska. Did the Big Bang Theory kill Nebraska football? Since job nine, <laughs> the Big that. Bang Theory, mm-hmm. the beloved show about a group of nerds traveling through time to save the universe using the power of an attractive blonde. This is all just hearsay on there. Uh, she shows up and ruins everything. Tanner aired. wrote this himself. No, I, I'm not a part of Reddit. She shows up and ruins everything aired in an episode called the, the Cornhusker Vortex. In this episode, uh, Penny tried to get uh, Leonard to watch Nebraska football with her, which caused Sheldon to try to teach Leonard uh, about football. Since the season when the episode aired, Nebraska has a uh, 56% win percentage and has had six losing seasons. Prior to that episode, Nebraska had only had two losing seasons in the preceding 45 years. It's all the Big Bang Theory's fault. One of my least favorite sitcoms of all time. Oh, I like it. I, I don't. It. I don't find it funny at all. Maybe that's just oh. not my humor. Yeah, maybe it's not. It's not your style. But uh, that's a theory. So we'll see. Uh, mm-hmm. Scott Frost, no excuse this year. New quarterback Casey Thompson uh, put off great stats at Texas. We'll see what he does in Nebraska. Yeah. New offensive coordinator Rip. from Pittsburgh. So, um, who who ripped on the? Oh, uh, Pat Narduzzi ripped on the old Pitt offensive coordinator. Said yeah. we couldn't run the ball to save our lives. Yeah, something like that. Uh, where did Adrian Martinez end up? I want to say Kansas State. Well, that's just John, a guess off the top of my are head. Correct. Okay. Okay. You're, you're Be- correct because yeah. I almost said oh. South Carolina, but that was Spencer Rattler who finished South mm-hmm. Carolina. Yeah. So, but yeah, Adrian Martinez is still playing college football. Yeah, fifth year now, which I guess. It feels like COVID helped year. that. Um, yeah. Well, sit. Yeah, sixth if you include his. So he had an injury year, didn't he? Yeah. Or was he, he a redshirt guy at start, one point? I, I swear he started every year in Nebraska. Um. Yeah, this is only his fifth year. 18, huh. 19, 20, 21. Yeah. When you start that many years in a row, I guess it just kind of adds up. His his best year by far was his freshman year. Yeah. Yeah. So, but um, it'll be that. That's going to be one of my takeaways. Big Ten Media Day, you know, media days are different than they used to be. This one's back in Indianapolis mm-hmm. instead of Chicago. You know Kevin Warren and all the coaches are going to be asked about USC, UCLA. Mm-hmm. That's going to be the big thing. But my takeaway is what, what can we take away besides that this year? Um, you know, I look around the league. They got some of the older coaches who can speak their mind and not get ridiculed. Kurt Ferentz is in that company. Mm-hmm. Um who else is in there? I would say uh, Paul Christ, probably in that company. Probably. Um, James Franklin, maybe. Maybe even Bielema. Um, I mean, he was around for so long at Wisconsin that's true. that he could. That's true. Um, but yeah, I mean, Harbaugh, I wouldn't say yet. I mean, he's been around a while, I guess. Yeah, Har- Harbaugh is going to get scrutinized regardless of what he says. Right. So. so, which really, pe- people put way too much stock in. Um, Media day, anyway. They don't just something to talk about in a dead period. Yeah, the, the coaches don't say anything. They, they they just they just talk. There's you don't learn anything that I would think. Yeah. Um, no. But uh, what 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 do you what what would you ask Bielema about Illinois if you could ask him one question? Um. I mean, I mean, as a fan trying to get back on the Illinois football bandwagon, what's one thing yeah, you want to know um, about the team? How are you going to get butts back into the seats there, um, Bielema? That would be the one Win question. Uh, um, that's that's literally it. And honestly, and if I mean, they showed it in basketball. Now, even in their down years in basketball, they still had a pretty good crowds. 
Um, and now that they're back, they sell out all the time, which I think would happen for football as well. You just, you just win, you turn into a program like, I mean, w- just strive for what Iowa's done because mm-hmm. Iowa was trash for the years, few years before Ferentz got there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wisconsin was trash before Barry Alvarez got there. Mm-hmm. So just, just put together two or three solid years. And I think fans will definitely even one solid year and the fans will be back. Um, it's done it for Purdue. I mean, they were yeah awful tennis during Daryl Hazel years, and Brahms had a couple solid seasons, and they sold out a lot of games last year, and season tickets are way up this year. They've sold more tickets since 2008 going into this year, so you just win some games. Win some games. They'll, def- they'll, they'll definitely back. come back. Yeah, and I, I don't think Illinois will ever be a school that sells out a bunch of games because, honestly, people don't care that much about Illinois football. Uh, Purdue fans do a much better job of caring about their footballs or their football team um, as much as their basketball team, where Illinois will always be basketball first, and then, hey, if football's good, okay, maybe we'll go to a game. Yeah. Um, and honestly, I think this year shapes up for Illinois to win, to get to six wins and go to a bowl. I don't know if that'll be enough to have fans believing that they could be potentially halfway decent again. Uh, but, yeah, again, as you said, put together two or three years in a row where they're solid, go to bowls, because they – they haven't been to back-to-back bowls. I think they went in 2010 and 2011. It was the last time they went to back-to-back bowls. And before that, I don't even remember. Um, so they've just they've been pretty bad for years. And uh, yeah, I, I I don't know as far as a particular question I'd ask Bielema. Um, Illinois quarterback play has been horrendous for years now. Um, how are they going to be able to tap into? Um, I don't even remember the quarterback's name right now. What is his name? What is Tommy DeVito? Um, how are they going to tap into his talent and put to have him put together a year similar to what he put up in 2019 for Syracuse? Um, offensive quarter, brand new offensive coordinator fired the guy after one year uh, who was there last year who was terrible, uh, which that shows you Bielema is serious because a lot of guys they hire a coordinator and they don't want to fire him after just one year, but Bielema wasn't putting up with not scoring points. So, um, it shows that Bielema is serious about getting back, uh, which is good to see. I think if I could ask Jeff Brom a question, I, I want to know about the receivers. Who's going to step up? He, well, I know he's not going to say one player, but I want to see in his opinion who would be step up and be the alpha dog wide receiver because Purdue mm-hmm. still has tons of depth in that wide receiver room, but they don't have a Rondell Moore or David Bell anymore. And who sh- a guy who should have been their number one receiver, Milton Wright, is out of school for grades. So who's going to step up and be, I mean, will it be Brock Thompson who had a great music city bowl, but he's coming off double knee surgery. Is it going to be somebody like TJ Sheffield? He's coming off a, a foot surgery from the music city bowl. Is it going to be, you know, a younger guy like uh Mershon rice, but he's a guy who's been injured his career. They have so many question marks because of injuries. Could it be uh Tyron Tracy, uh, Iowa transfer, Charlie Jones, Iowa transfer. I mean, that's just the question marks. There's a lot of question marks. There's a lot of depth, but I mean, right now I'd say Payne Durham, their tight end is probably their number one target. He's solid. But it's better when you have a solid run game, which is something Purdue has not had under Jeff Baum. And Purdue's really never had in my lifetime a solid run game to go along with the past game, or at least since like 03 when Joey Harris was tailback. But if you don't have a solid run game and don't have that alpha dog wide receiver to get your tight end open and your tight ends and your number one target makes it a little tougher for them. So sure. So we'll see. I, I think the defense will be good. It's it's uh, they did lose a defense coordinator to Wake Forest. Uh, I think the offensive line will be one of Brahms' better offensive lines. But who's going to step up a wide receiver and where's the run game going to come from? Because for once, I don't really have to worry about who's going to be the starting quarterback going into a year. That's kind of nice. Yeah, for the first time in what feels like a long time. Feels like a decade, but it's at least six years. So. Yep. Um, elsewhere in this poll, of course, they have Ohio State winning the East. All 36 votees uh, had them winning the East, yeah. and every single one of them had them winning the Big Ten Championship, regardless of who they play, which is, which is not shocking. I <laughs> honestly think, and I could be wrong, and that's what I like about college football. There are always, always are some prizes. But some surprises, but I really think this year on paper, it's Alabama and Ohio State up here, everybody else below them. I really yeah. think both those yeah. teams are so stacked. I'd be surprised if they don't meet in the championship. I agree. And that, that's agree. including Georgia, Clemson. Mm-hmm. I'll throw Notre Dame in there. Um, 
a lot of the big boys. I, I really think Ohio State and Georgia or Ohio State and Alabama are that much better. I don't think Michigan repeats and gets back to the playoffs. No, I, I don't either. Uh, they had C.J. Stroud winning Offensive Player of the Year. Can't argue that. His um, wide receiver, Jackson Smith. I don't even know how to pronounce his second part of his last name. Um, also ha- got two first-place votes. Uh, to his little brother, Talia, um, had one first-place vote. Clearly a Maryland writer or whatever. I voted for him to win um, preseason or him to win Offensive Player of the Year. As far as preseason defense player of the year, I've never heard of any of these guys. <laughs> they had Jack Campbell uh, with 21st place votes, linebacker out of Iowa, Nick Herbig, linebacker Wisconsin, Zach Harrison, defensive end, Ohio State. And uh, down here at the bottom, um, a uh, Rutgers punter um, somehow uh, got one point uh, to win defensive player of the year um, in the Big Ten. Well, poor Zach. I, I listen to Barstool Sports Unnecessary Roughness. It's their. Uh... Barstool's college football podcast. I listen to that on a regular basis. And they were talking about the Big Ten quarterbacks the other day because you're, you're going through each conference and each of the four hosts give their top list of seven or eight quarterbacks in the conference. And it was pretty interesting uh, here. Uh, CJ Stroud was number one across the board. Number two, you had a mix of either Aiden mm-hmm. O'Connell or, or two as a little brother. And then uh, number three, one of them had Aiden, one of them had Tulia. One of them had the combination of McNamara and McCarthy at Michigan, which I thought that was interesting because they're kind of going to use a two-quarterback system. The other one had Peyton Thorne. Yeah, that's that's worked real well. That two-quarterback system. Yeah, yeah, he had a a good year last year. Then number four was Thorne, O'Connell, to his little brother, and Casey Thompson was four on one list. I'm like, okay. Uh, Five was Casey Thompson, Thorne, McNamara, and McCarthy. Six. Same guys we've already mentioned. Then seven, we finally get in some guys we haven't mentioned, but these are two guys we've talked about a lot in the podcast in the last few years. Penn State's Sean Clifford and Wisconsin's Graham Mertz. Yeah, it seems like Clifford's been there forever, mm-hmm. and he's just never taken that next step. And Graham Mertz might not even have a job if it wasn't for Illinois' defense. Had one good game in 2020 <laughs> in the COVID yeah. year. Yeah. Um, uh, they they should have kept um, – who was the guy that started at Notre Dame last year? What was his name? Started at Notre Dame last year. Uh, yeah, for, for Notre Cone. Dame, I should say. Jack Cohn. Jack Cohn. Um, yeah. He's clearly better than Graham Mertz. Yeah, yeah nobody um, thought so, though, so when, he, uh, you know. And yeah, I know. If it wasn't for Cohn's injury, Mertz wouldn't even have been playing against Illinois in 2020. So, Yeah, that's right. But uh, also some names off that list that were left off. Uh, Spencer Petrus, who's not very good, let's be honest. But Tanner, Tanner Morgan wasn't on there, Minnesota. I think you could. Forever. I think you can make a case for him over some of those other guys. But mm-hmm. I agree. It, it's interesting. It's like I think the Big Ten's like really top heavy, heavy at quarterbacks, like three, one through maybe maybe four, and then after that it kind of really falls off, and then it gets pretty tight nip niche. Because mm-hmm. let's see, Indiana's got a new transfer quarterback from Missouri. I assume he's got to be their starter. What's um, his name? I can't think of it off the top of my head. Illinois got DeVito. Um, mm-hmm. Rutgers still has that. Uh, his last name's. Forget what his name was. Ski, I think. Northwestern, I couldn't tell you who their quarterback's going to be. Northwestern uses yeah. about five different guys yeah, exactly. each year, it feels so, like. So it'll be interesting. It'll. It'll be interesting to see how it all shakes out, but uh, there, there'll definitely be some storylines, I'm sure, coming out of Big Ten media days. But the big thing, the talking points, got to be UCLA, USC. Um, I wonder, I wonder mm-hmm. how many times people get asked about Notre Dame. I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure, quite a few times. I bet so too. I bet so too. Um, speaking of the mm-hmm. whole Big Ten expansion thing, I saw a rumor out today on Twitter that. ESPN's new media rights deal with the Pac-12 or whatever you want to call it to go back to 10, I guess, after USC, US, UCLA leaves. Right now, it's like $24.5 million to each school. Compare that to the Big Ten and the SEC who are getting close to, if not at or above, $100 million per school. Mm-hmm. It's not even close. Um, yeah, California's governor called out both USC and UCLA, um, saying he he demands an explanation while they're leave why they're leaving, and it's pretty clear it's money. <laughs> so, um, 
I don't know. It it sounds like Newsom's going to try to make it uh, make it far more difficult for them to leave the Pac-12. But why why would he care if they leave the Pac-12? Right. They're 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 staying in LA. Um, plus, then they have bigger things to worry about than uh, whether a state university goes to a different conference. You know. would think so. Um, yeah. A couple other things, I suppose. I, I want to hear what they got to say about the divisions. You know, they were yeah. talking about throwing away the East and West next year. Will they hold on to that for one more additional year since UCLA and USC are coming in 2024? And then they could split in divisions mm-hmm. or pods. It'll be interesting to see see what the, what Kevin Warren has to say about that. He probably doesn't have a plan. Yeah, <laughs> he probably doesn't. Let's be honest. Um, I I do think they'll go to the like four pod sort of deal. I mean, sixteen teams makes yeah. sense, kind of like they do in the NFL, right? Um, so there's a, there's a lot to figure out, and then you add it. If you were to add one more team in there, that would just screw everything up. Yep. Um. This is the life of college football. If you add any more, days. you have to go four more. You have to go to 20. Then you could have, have to. four pods yeah. of five or gonna five pods of four. You're going to end up adding Indiana State and going to end up adding Southern Illinois and Loyola and, man, Ivy <laughs> we'll, League school. We'll have plenty more college football talk in the next few weeks leading up to, yes, the, sir. Leading up to the season. Do you want to get educated? Yeah, I need smartened up today. I feel pretty stupid. Yes, you do. <laughs> Thanks. Um, on this day in 1937, who won the 31st Tour de France? I know like three cyclists, so no idea. <laughs> I only know one. So, uh, Roger Le, Roger Lepebe Le of uh, France. Well, you know, I said I know three. Now I can um, only think of two, Lance Armstrong and Floyd Landis. Who was that other guy that got in trouble for doping? Floyd Landis, wasn't it? Was it? For some reason, it was a different guy. It probably was. Um, On this day, in 1957, Peter Loader takes a cricket hat trick for England. VWI at Headingley. I don't know what a cricket hat trick is, but uh, I'm going to look it up real quick. Saw some guys playing cricket yesterday up in Fort Wayne. Really? Up in Seems Wayne. like every Sunday there's there's a field that some guys play cricket up. It occurs when a bowler takes three wickets with consecutive deliveries. Does not help me whatsoever. I was going to say, so that I'm... does nothing for me. <laughs> Moving on. Um, on this day in 1972, who was the Major League Baseball All-Star Game MVP? It is a former Hall of Famer, and he's a former Red, Cincinnati Red. Hmm. And he just passed away a few years ago. Joe Morgan? Joe Morgan, you got it. The passed away thing. I was going to go with Johnny yeah. Bench, but then he said passed away. I was like, I think Johnny Bench is still alive. I think he's still alive. Um, on this day in a lot of Tour de France, um, 1990, Roseanne Barr sang this national anthem at the Reds-Padres game in San Diego. Have you ever seen video of that? No, and I don't think I want to. It, it was it was it's pretty cringeworthy. Um, I don't, she tried to be funny and it was, it was not funny. No, nope, don't like her voice. No thanks. Yeah, her, her singing voice sounds uh, just like her talking voice, so it's oh, not boy. great. Uh, on this day in 1991, Seattle Jay Buner, remember Jay Buner? Yeah, um, hit a 479 foot homer in Yankee Stadium. He was best friends with King Griffey Jr. Yeah, yeah. The Bash Brothers there. On this day in 1991, Pittsburgh Steelers guard Terry Long was treated for an apparent suicide attempt after he learned he tested positive for steroid use. That's not good. That's a rough one. Um, On this day in 1999, who won the Tour de France? Armstrong. It was his first of seven consecutive Tour de France titles, but is later disqualified for drug cheating. I think he got disqualified no one during the race. He- he was, he might have, yeah. For uh, something. In 2004, he was disqualified. There was no winner because he ended up winning it. Maybe it was 04. Maybe it wasn't 01. Okay. Um, live strong. Live strong. On this day in 2015, Cole Hamels no hit the Chicago Cubs. Um, Cubs have not been no hit since 1965. 
But that single moment sparked the Cubs, and they were the best team in baseball the rest of that season and into 2016. It kind of carried over. Uh, it's what they needed. Yep. At that moment, I thought, man, Cubs are going to have to sell at the deadline. And then Bryant, two days later, hit a walk-off homer against the Rockies, and they won like 16 to 17 games, and they were off. Um, That is... No, on this day last year, a final one here, USA men's basketball team sees their 25-game Olympic winning streak end when they were beaten 83-76 to by France. It's embarrassing. Yeah, that was not a great U.S. team, but they ended up winning gold regardless. So. Yeah, they did. They got it done, but it happened. should never lose. Should never lose. Should never. And that's going to do it for the On This Day segment this week, which is brought to you by, like it is every week, Mooney Woodcrafts. Mooney Woodcrafts is a veteran-owned and operated custom woodcraft shop based out of North Carolina with Indiana grassroots. They provide 100% hand-cut custom designs to fit your needs. From signs to growth charts, their custom pieces make a great addition to any home, office, or man cave. See some of the recently completed projects, visit at Mooney Woodcrafts on Instagram or Facebook. And for orders, contact them at MooneyWoodcrafts at gmail.com. And Thad has got done with some uh, projects recently that are really, really impressive and cool. So I would go take a look on their Instagram page, especially. Uh, some baseball talk here. The Cubs are hot. They have won four in a row. They just finished off their first sweep of the season in Philadelphia, who uh, that's a terrible sweep for Philadelphia, man. If they want to stay in the wildcard race, which now they're a game out of the wildcard hunt, um, that's a terrible, that's just a terrible sweep. They looked awful. Cubs put up 15 runs on Friday, six runs on Saturday, ended up winning yesterday. Um, Maybe the second half is the Cubs. Maybe too much, too little, too late because, uh, Trade deadline is on Wednesday, August 2nd, so a week from Wednesday. Um, and there's only two Wrigley Field games left until then. So it's so likely be the last two games. Wilson Contreras gets to play in Wrigley Field as a Chicago Cub. Um, same with Ian Happ. Sounds like Ian Happ's definitely going to be traded as well. Yeah, that's got uh, so to bring some emotions to you. Year. Some emotions to you, the last pieces. Not as not as much as last year. Last year was oh, brutal. Yeah, that yeah, that's not gonna happen. Brutal. As uh Again. the terrible John Rothstein would say, the epitome of brutality. Uh that was that guy, uh, he's over in Europe right year. now, should be enjoying he's vacation, the- and he's <laughs> posting pictures of great landmarks. Like all I all this reminds me of is how the Atlantic 10's gonna have three teams and make the tournament this year. It's like <laughs> you're the worst. You're the Enjoy worst. something other than college basketball. I mean he 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 likes what he likes, I guess. He uh, he loves what he does, and, and he gets to, yeah he he gets to uh, watch and tweet about college. Well, let's be honest, we would take his gig for a living. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Um, some Cubs stats here. Justin Steele came into his start Friday, one of only four pitchers in Major League Baseball to have thrown one single pitch 500 or more times without giving up a homer on that particular pitch, which happened to be his four-seam fastball. Um, He also came in just 21 four-seamers away um, from from having the most four-seamers thrown without giving up a home run in the pitch-tracking era. Heath Bell threw 807 four-seam fastballs in 2010 without giving up a homer. Justin Steele was at 786 uh, this year. Literally the first pitch of the game to Kyle Schwarber on Friday. Schwarber hits one about 420 feet. Um, so that streak was ended. But uh, pretty impressive by Justin Steele. Um, this just shows how difficult his fastball is to hit. Um, Seiya Suzuki, since coming off the injured list, has been one of the better hitters in baseball. Hitting his stat line coming into Saturday was up to 286, 369, 476. Uh, which you'll take that any day. He's getting paid that kind of money. That's superstar level hitter right there. Uh, so good to see Christopher Morell in his first 254 plate appearances in the majors put up a 284 batting average, 356 on base, 498 slugging, playing all over the diamond. He has been one of the lone bright spots and surprises uh, from the Chicago Cup season because uh, he was in Double A to start the year. Uh, had a bad year last year in the minor leagues. Um, had some good success in the first month, and then they just kind of had to bring him up, and he has taken off. And it's uh, he looks like a potential building block uh, there, which they haven't had too many um, 
too many success stories come out of the minor leagues really since the core um, came up. I'm trying to think the last guy that came up and just took the league by storm was probably Ian Happ. Um, at Wilson Contreras, 2016, Happ, 17. That was kind of the last last minor league guy the Cubs have had that has had success right out of the gate, which is just pretty sad, <laughs> to be honest. Um, let's see. What else? Elsewhere around baseball, I should say. Did you see what's going on there in St. Louis this week? I, I think I caught a glimpse of it on Twitter today. Nolan Arenado kind of being a uh, locker room disturbance. He's an idiot, for one. Um, but... You're putting it nicer than I was. The, the Cardinals are going to play in Toronto for a two-game series. And, of course, guys who are not vaccinated are not allowed to enter the, enter the enter country Canada. of Canada. Yeah. Almost yeah. the state of Canada. Yeah, I should have just let um, you go. Shouldn't have helped you. <laughs> Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado are two that are going to have to stay home because they refuse to get vaccinated. Two all-star players refuse to get vaccinated, um, yet both Nolan has said, I do not want to play in a wildcard game. I want to go win the division. Yet he is willing to miss two games in Toronto, which could be the deciding factor between the division or wildcard or even missing the playoffs completely. They're two and a half games behind the Brewers. Um, and it's incredibly ironic because Nolan Arenado has literally called out both of the front offices he's played for, Mm -hmm. for not giving them help to win. Mm -hmm. And now he's voluntarily not playing in games for his team in a pennant race. Not a good look. It's a terrible look. Um, He has turned into one of the least likable characters in baseball, which I never thought he would. Um, it, It makes absolutely no sense why you wouldn't get vaccinated. Period. Um, the health benefits that come from being vaccinated are huge. Uh, for one, I mean, I had COVID back in February and it, I mean, I was sick for a few days, but if I was not vaccinated, I would have been really sick for one. Now I'm not trying to make this into go get vaccinated. You do, you, you do you, but, uh, (laughs) when, when you're, um, calling out your front office saying you guys don't have enough help to win yet they're you're just sitting out games because you refuse to get vaccinated because he says he wants to start a family which it's been proven that it does not cause infertility for one um it's it's just stupid and now um i i i obviously always root against the cardinals to miss the playoffs and i hope this costs them i mean they've, they've been disappointing um five games under 500 but they're still just two and a half out of the division they are in that last wild card spot mainly because of the cubs sweep in philadelphia um, here, but uh, it's 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 a bad look. I mean, they they talk about leadership and all that. Yeah, two of your guys aren't even playing, so it just kind of rubbed me in a lot of people the wrong way. Um, there, but uh, hey, whatever. A trade deadline coming up. Uh, what's yes. the, what one of the rumors surrounding um, some big time players around the league? Juan Soto is almost for sure gone, which is crazy. Twenty three years old. Sounds like the Cardinals are the front runner, which would be <laughs> that's gonna make you happy. Which would be death. <laughs> it would be awful um, if if he ended up in St. Louis. They supposedly have the capital to get it done. Um, honestly, Cubs should make as much of a run as anyone. I don't care they if won't. they're not in it. This is a superstar level, um, transcendent player that could be the guy you build around. Twenty three years old. These guys don't become available at this sort of level ever, ever. Every single team in baseball should try to make a trade for him, but the Cubs won't. Cubs won't. They'll <laughs> they'll just let the Cardinals let the Cardinals have him. You know, we aren't ready to win yet, so why take a chance or or why trade for a guy that's going to be a Hall of Famer someday at twenty three years old? Twenty three years old. Um, they're just they're they're not even going to attempt. He's he's going to end up. St. Louis is probably the betting favorite right now. Um, both New York teams are very interested in them. West coast teams are interested in them. They'll probably end up in LA. Um, the one team I'm rooting for in this, if the Cubs can't, if the Cubs don't trade for him, which they won't Seattle. Cause I think they can get it done. And to add him to that roster, that'd be huge for him. Then if so, they still don't make the playoffs, it's just like, all right, they're never making it ever again. Yeah. Zero excuse not to make the playoffs. I mean, they're sitting here, uh, two games up the final wild card spot right now over the Cleveland Indians. Guardians. Um, Guardians. It's still fresh. <laughs> it's still fresh. You've been saying that about um, the, the, yes. the LA Chargers too for 
Yeah, I four know. years. And I, still call them the Oakland Raiders. Well, that that one uh, understandable. Yeah. Uh, but this will be the J Man's book at prediction of the week here. As I said, two of the Cubs players most likely gone are Wilson Contreras and Ian Happ. And I think by this time next week, at least one of those guys will be traded. Um, a lot of teams need catching help. Sounds like Yankees are interested. Padres are interested. Mets are interested in Contreras. Um, team Litany of teams are interested in Hap, including the Padres. There have even been talk about a Contreras and Hap um, to San Diego. So, um, yeah, I think one of those guys will be traded. And, um, yeah, this week, be their last week playing in Wrigley as a Cub. Uh, which is kind of sad, but uh, it is what it is, and it's going to be a complete teardown once again. So a few more years of horrendous baseball to look forward to. That's <laughs> um, who else can be traded? Teams have checked in uh, with the Angels for Shohei Otani and Mike Trout, but I can't imagine any. They should, but they won't. Uh, J-Man's Book of British of the Week brought to you by Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance Agent Travis Watchering for life, home, auto, business, renters, workers, comp, and farm insurance. Contact Travis at 219-869-4561. His email is at infb.com. Do you have some word association for me? I do. I do. And this is provided by uh, pretty much our producer of the show. I'm just going to call him now. <laughs> Loyal viewer every week, Sean Shriver. He gave me a good list right off after we got off the air last week. And this is... Uh, pretty much just football commentators over okay. the years. Okay. So starting with Chris Collinsworth, the slide in. Uh, the slide in, yeah, that was the first thing I could think uh, of. I, mean, uh, I ruined it. That's all I could think of too. He's uh, he's definitely grown on me. Me too. Um, me I, too. I used to hate him. Yep. It, and now he'll be uh, paired with Tariko now that Al Michaels is doing uh, the prime games, I believe, isn't he? Right, on Thursday. Yep. Uh, Thursday night prime games. Or did he move to Street. Monday? No, I think he's Thursday. No, Wednesday. yeah, he's um, he's the prime. He, yeah, he's the prime guy. Yeah, uh, yeah. Speaking of Al Michaels, Al Michaels, legend. I mean, he called uh, he called the miracle on ice. He called um, he called the nineteen eighty nine World Series with the San Francisco earthquake. He's called uh, countless NBA Finals games, countless Super Bowl games, um, countless classic Monday night games. He did what? Um, legend. Iconic voice. Kerr Herbstreit, since he's a new, new NFL commentator. Yeah, um, always liked Herb. I think, I I think he does a great job on game day. Um, good commentator as well. Likeable guy besides his uh, baseball fandom. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, Dad and I were talking about this the other day. How We used to be big J. Billis and Herbstreit fans. Mm-hmm. We still like Herbstreit. We don't like Billis anymore. No, Billis, yeah, Billis has gotten, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. Yeah, it's kind of lost me. Jim Nance. Jim, best, uh, he has the best job in the world. I think he does too. For one, does all the major golf tournaments, Super Bowls, NCAA tournament championship games. Um, Hello, friends. Don't like him as much in the NFL. I like him for college basketball a lot more than the NFL for whatever reason. I know what's coming here, but Tony Romo. He is undoubtedly the most overpaid person, regardless of profession, in the world today. Wow. Um, doesn't shut up, doesn't let the game breathe. He's annoying. He is very smart. I'll give him that, but he just needs to shut up and let the game happen without interjecting himself. I like him, but we've, we've talked about this many times Mm -hmm. on the podcast. So Troy Aikman, there's a new Monday night guy. Yeah. Him, him and Buck. And I'm sure Buck's on the list as well. Yeah. I was going to do him next. So knock Um, them both out. Yeah. I'll, I'll knock them both out. Um, Buck, I like him for baseball a lot more than football. Of course, I've never liked those. 425 Eastern NFC games for whatever reason. NFC East usually. Uh, usually, yeah. Nev- never liked Aikman, uh, even when he was a player. I think he's one of the most overrated. Even Skip Bayless. Ever. Even Skippy. Uh, yeah, Skippy hates him. Um, boring. In, in my opinion, boring NFL commentator, Aikman. And, and Buck, Buck does a solid job, but uh, I think we're going to miss Buck um, doing baseball. Mike Trico. Tariko, I think, is fantastic. I think he was great um, Monday Night Football on ESPN. I think he'll do a really good job taking over for Al Michaels, too. I do, too. Phil Sims. Boring. Um, Romo I, took his job. I know. I think I like Romo more, which says a lot about <laughs> which says a lot about Phil Sims. John Madden. Loved Brett Favre. Um, <laughs> Did he ever? He, he loved himself some Brett Favre. Him and Pat Summerall. That was a good legendary duo there. 
Yep, and John's on the cover of this year's Madden game. Of mm-hmm. course, right? I so. Dick Stockton. He does uh, Dolphins preseason games. Um, the game has passed him by. He's, <laughs> he's a bad NFL commentator now. Um, I remember he, he did like Major League Baseball playoffs not that long ago, and he was not very good on that either. Daryl Johnson. Um, like like him, um, he uh, has a messed up finger, if I remember correctly. I, I think it's his ring finger that's like sideways. Uh, that's the only thing I know. That's the only thing I can – that sets him apart anyway. Well, this guy had a messed up leg at one point, Joe Theismann. Joe Thigh will never forget that. I, I've seen that video, and you can it's hear disgusting. it pop. Um, Theismann, yeah, he, he was the old Sunday night crew when it was on ESPN. I remember him, and uh, I forget who was – Who's the guy calling the games then? But uh. and last, Dan Deerdorf. Dan Deer is he, is he still doing them? I don't know. I haven't seen him um, in a while. If he does, but yeah, he he used to be like the top CBS guy. If I'm not wrong, or if I'm not mistaken, there's some others I could have put Fouts on there. Ian Eagle, I could have went on yeah, and I, on and on. You know, I I think Ian Eagle does a really good job. I know you haven't liked him, uh, but he is fantastic college basketball too. Good in the NFL. I think he does Brooklyn Nets games um, in the winter as well. I, I like Ian Eagle. Yeah, I could I could have named a lot more. I could have put Booger McFarland on there. I could have no, put I hated Booger. Brian Greasy on there. It's There's a, good, a lot of guys. It's like a good list. That's yep. a good list. I like yep. that. One. Sean always comes through. That's why he's pretty much our producer without being our producer. That's right. So. This episode is brought to you by. Oh, you you have uh, you have to read first. Sorry, I do. Stepping on my toes there, Jay Bad. Uh, the Word Association do. segment is brought to you by Performa Print Two Promo Group. If you're looking for a trustworthy, dependable resource for your next trade show, company picnic, or sales meeting, they have over 50 years combined experience in promotional products and commercial print. They strive for a fast and efficient response to all your print needs. You need to look no further. Let them be your one source print and promotional company by giving Barbara Van Weinsberg a call today at 574-210-3815. This episode is brought to you by The Dan Landing. Whether you want an epic burger, hand-tossed pizza, hand-breaded tenderloin, seafood, craft beer, or handcrafted cocktail, Dan Landing is the place to be. The Dan Landing is a bar and grill located on beautiful Lake Mantoff. Focuses on freshness and quality. You can wash down their delicious food with one of their 16 beers on tap, including a constant rotation of today's best microbrews and domestic flavors, or a handcrafted cocktail made using fresh ingredients. Taking the fantastic views of Lake Mantoff and their beer garden or outdoor bar area, whether built or wheels, the Dan Landing is the place to be located. 1305 Ewing Road in Rochester. I went to the Dan with my family early last week, had some pizza, best pizza in Rochester. Rochester, Indiana. I agree. That's yep. some, some good zone. Yes, they right. do. They got a lot of good things. So go yes, make a trip, make a trip up or down or east or west to Rochester, where Indiana, wherever you might be. Fly in if you need to do by boat <laughs> or wheels or air. Come to the yeah. damn landing. You won't be disappointed. Be uh my dad tuned in here, chimed in. Dan Deerdorf is the color man for Michigan football. Is he now? Yes. I did not know that. Michigan man. Kirby Smart uh, signed a huge extension. There are only four, four schools in college football that have more wins than Georgia since Kirby Smart has been at Georgia. Who are they? Oh, I'm probably going to end up missing this. I'm going to be really mad. But uh, Alabama? Yep. Ohio State? Yep. Clemson? Yep. One more, man. Notre Dame? You got yourself a bogey. <laughs> Believe it or not, Oklahoma and Clemson have the same amount of wins. My level from hatred. I didn't think you could grow for Notre Dame. It just did. <laughs> I, I honestly wasn't even thinking Notre Dame. I, I thought you'd get it for sure. Did Oklahoma didn't come to my mind? That's really... Interesting. I, I mean, know, they've, they've been in the playoffs. I can't stand Notre Dame, but Kelly wins 10 games a year. He does. He does. He did. Hey. Now he's down to Bayou. Yeah, he's down to Bayou. Loving the Darn show. it. Well, now I'm, I'm in trouble, Josh. That puts me at six Man, over bar. I'm two back. You know, I'm telling you, that was one of the easiest questions I could find, too. I, I, I was pretty confident. Man, that's a good one. Thanks for watching the Tan and Jamie show live on the ISC Sports Network. We'll be back at it next Monday with another episode. Have a fantastic week, everybody.